Welcome to Through the Bible with Pastor Michael, a podcast from First Baptist Church in Mustang, Oklahoma. Here's Pastor Michael. Today we are covering Leviticus 15, 16, 17, and 18, and reading the first half of Proverbs 16. So let's get to our observations from reading through Leviticus. Number one, laws regarding personal uncleanness are given. Number two, the Day of Atonement is a time of sacrifice for the sins of the nation and of individuals. We'll come back in a little bit and and talk about um, how important it is to understand the sacrifice that God has provided. But here in the reading of Leviticus, uh, we get detailed explanation about this very important day called the Day of Atonement, when sacrifices were made. Uh, both for the sins of the people collectively and also for the sins of the people individually. A third observation is that on that Day of Atonement, it describes for us um, what is involved with two different goats. One goat is sacrificed to reflect substitutionary atonement, And the other goat is the scapegoat that pictures separation from our sins. So one would be sacrificed and killed as a substitutionary atonement. One, you would put your hands on the goat, pronounce the sins of the people on the goat, and that goat would then be set free as a picture of how our sin is removed from us. So much application for us to think about today. We'll come back to that in our application section. Number four, God requires complete surrender to Him, and that is outlined in all these very specific and nuanced laws. Um, As He goes through all of these things that you're supposed to do um, as individuals, with your family, with those you come in contact with, with... um, with, with your house, with places you sit and lie down, all of these detailed rules are given. And what it's doing is it's teaching the people to have complete surrender to Him. When you read Leviticus 15, 16, 17, 18, and you say to yourself, how could they ever know all these rules? Well, some of them um, are basic morality. Others of them, though, are very specific rules that they would have to know and follow and follow through with. How would you know them? Well, you're going to have to have those laws read to you. You're going to have to consider them. You're going to have to memorize them. You're going to have to pass them down. You're going to have to speak of them often. It's going to have to always be on the forefront of your mind, what does God command? And that's the point. That's the point, that this young nation learning to obey God, learning to be different from other nations, is having to learn to live uh, day after day with every single part of their life ordered by the will of God. So their question has to be all the time, what does the law say? What does God say about this? Um, What not only is God's rules of what I can and can't do, But what do I do when these fairly normal routine circumstances physically come our way? 
In other words, it's training the people to say, what does God say about this over and over and over and over again, helping this young nation understand that they are to have complete devotion to God. Number five, laws regarding sexual relations are then given uh, in the last part of the reading. Very detailed laws of morality are given to the people. So let's get into the application because there's actually quite a bit for us, I think, as we read Leviticus, consider what's happening there and then going to the New Testament to see what Christ has done in fulfilling um, the Old Testament law, how Christ is the perfect spotless lamb sacrificed, how the Old Testament shadows find their substance in Christ. Number one, God's people were being taught how to enjoy His presence. And today, as we worship God, we too enjoy fellowship with Him. So much of what we read about today is about how the people in the Old Testament can enjoy the presence of God. That's a good question for us to think about in our world today. As we worship the Lord individually, as we worship the Lord uh, corporately, how can we enjoy the presence of God? And the way that we enjoy God's presence is by doing what is pleasing to Him. A second application is that Christ is our once-for-all sacrifice. Let me read to you from Hebrews chapter 10. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desire nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that, Will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Verse 11 of Hebrews 10. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So all these sacrifices that we read about today in Leviticus help us to see the perfectness, the, the, uh, the, the completeness, the wholeness of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who was our sacrifice once for all. A third application uh, is that our sin is paid for and is then removed from us. 
You see this foreshadowed in the reading today with the scapegoat released out in, in uh, beyond the people. Uh, pictures to the perfect forgiveness that we have in God through the work of Jesus Christ. We read in Psalm 103, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And then in Hebrews 10, verse 17, it says, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. It's just an amazing, unspeakable privilege that in grace, God has forgiven our sin, paid for our sin, and then removed us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. Closely related to that, a fourth application, our sacrifice in Jesus is a perfect sacrifice. Let me read you the words of Hebrews 7, verse 27. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. We need not continue the sacrifices described in Leviticus 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 that we've read about today. We need not continue those sacrifices because... Jesus, once for all, was the perfect fulfillment by offering up himself. So our sacrifice in Jesus is a perfect sacrifice. And then a fifth application, our lives must conform to God's design and not the world. Our lives must conform to God's design and not the world. Let me take you back to... Uh, a specific part of the reading today in chapter 18, verse 2. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. What he's saying is, you don't look back at where you came from and live like the world. You don't go forward to where you're moving to and live like the world. You don't live like the world behind you or before you. You don't live like the world beside you on either side. No, no. Instead, what you do is verse 4. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. So the application for the people of God here is the same as the application for us today. We're not to be conformed to the world. We're not to live like the world. We don't look to the world um, to get our direction. Instead, we are to look to the Lord. Why? Because He is the Lord our God. Because He has saved us. Uh, because He has transformed us. And so our lives are to conform to His design not the world. Now we see this also in Romans chapter 12 when we think about a sacrifice. I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We don't offer dead sacrifices, don't need to do that. Don't need to offer blood sacrifices anymore. Christ has done that once for all. But we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy 
and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now notice verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So in Leviticus 18, don't live like you lived in Egypt. Don't live like the people live in Canaan. Instead, live according to God's word because he is the Lord your God. Same thing in Romans 12. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't live like the world. Don't look to the world for your direction. Instead, be transformed by the renewal of your mind by continually asking yourself, what does God's word say? And this brings our reading full circle today. This is where we started. All the reason for these laws and this minutiae detail in Leviticus is to train his people, this young, developing nation, train them every day of their life to think like this. What does God command? Today, as Christians, we don't need to offer the sacrifice of bulls and goats because Christ was our once-for-all sacrifice. But we do still live out the lessons um, of, of worship and the character of God that, that has always been true, and that is that we are to ask ourselves as God's people, what does God's word say? And then finally, a, a brief statement of summary from Proverbs 16, 1 to 16. Um, we make plans, but the Lord establishes our steps. We make plans, we have ideas, we make preparations, that's, that's well and good. But it's the Lord who establishes our steps. In other words, we, we can use our knowledge and our wisdom to make plans and to, and to have ideas, but ultimately we yield our life to the providence of God and to the doors He opens or doors He closes. And the way that we get trained to accept that and to follow those things is by every single day asking ourselves, what does God's word command? That was true in Leviticus. That's true in Romans. That's true in Hebrews. That's true in Proverbs 16. And that's true in our life today. That we live our life by saying, what does God's word command? And the quicker we get to asking that question and obeying that question, the more simple our life becomes. All right, enjoy your reading today.